Welcome to Gone Again Podcast with Robin and Kelly. We're a couple of travel agents who always seem to find ourselves gone again on vacation. This episode, we're going to hear all about Robin and Eric's cruise on the Disney Fantasy. So grab your mouse whether it be a glass of wine or water, and be our guest. Well, welcome back, guys. I feel like you were gone forever. Forever. It seemed really long because it was, what, an eight eight day, seven night cruise? Is that what it was? Yeah, we left on a Saturday, came back on a Saturday, right? So that was, yeah, eight days, seven nights. Wow. It sounds amazing. And I know on our our other episode, we kind of talked to you before you went. And now that you're back, I'd love to hear kind of how things went. Um, One thing that is very prevalent right now while we're recording is the COVID process of testing and all of that. So I'd love to hear from you guys as to how that all went and what it all entailed. Because it seems like a lot. From someone who hasn't cruised at all, it it seems like a lot. So I'm just curious how that went. Um, I can talk about it. Eric, you want to talk about it? What do you think? Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll give my... I'll, I'll, I'll give a try at uh, explaining the process. <laughs> Because you have to be, at this point, you have to be vaccinated, and you also have to test negative before boarding the ship. Is that right? That's correct. So um, my wife and I tested at home before our departure to make sure we were safe to get on the plane and, one, you know, not infect any other people on the plane potentially, but more importantly, we didn't want to fly all the way down to Disney and then realize that we couldn't get on the boat and then we're stuck in limbo quarantined in Florida. So uh, we tested the night before came back negative. And then uh, I guess it was Friday or we tested Thursday night, came back negative Friday morning, got up, went to the airport and uh, pretty much wore N95 masks the whole flight down um, just to be extra safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Showed up at the Riviera met up with uh, Robin and her family. And then Saturday morning, uh, we all put our masks on again and got on, got onto uh, what Robin, I think affectionately called the party bus. And <laughs> I saw that picture. <laughs> uh, drove out to Port Canaveral. Uh, when we arrived at Port Canaveral, the driver dropped us off. There was a porter that took our luggage and they sent us, kind of across the street from the cruise terminal, they had a couple of big kind of tents and like uh, uh, temporary buildings set up uh, for anyone who has family or is in the military. It was a lot like going on deployment <laughs> sort of, uh, but we got in a line and they brought us through one building, checked our identification uh, took us to another part of the building where they had us swab our noses and then they put the swabs along with uh, the test kits in little Ziploc bags and took those off to their lab to actually do the test. And then we went, uh, or I, I guess then at, at that point, Disney cast members checked our uh, port arrival forms, verified that we were eligible to be at the port because you don't want to arrive before your port arrival time. 
And then we went to like a waiting tent slash building um, and had lots of folding chairs set up and uh, a TV that had both, or I guess two TVs, one of which had uh, kind of the, the Mickey Mouse shorts playing and the other one that had just a list of uh, reservation numbers and then either cleared to sell or cleared to sale or see staff. Uh, and we didn't see too many, uh, reservations that said C staff. We probably waited for, oh, maybe 20 minutes or so. And then we got our clear to sale notification. So we went back across the street to the cruise terminal process through security. They scanned our port arrival form. Uh, and that was it. We were checked in for the cruise at that point. Wow. It was probably a really nerve-wracking 20 minutes while you sat and waited for those <laughs> results. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. We were, uh, I mean, all of us, we were all pretty confident that we were COVID negative. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never know until the result comes back. And I I think, uh, I can't remember whether I told Robin, but I know I told Mike. I actually packed my laptop computer uh, not intending to use it all on the cruise, but as sort of a, like, if we end up testing positive before the cruise and we get quarantined in Florida for a week, mm-hmm. I at least can still do work. And I figured <laughs> if, if I packed my computer, it's an incredibly I would depressing test... thought. Well, it, it, <laughs> it's it, true. Yeah. I mean, it's something I, to think about. I did the exact same thing. Well, and my, my, my thought was if I packed the computer, I would test negative. If I yeah, you test, wouldn't need if, it. <laughs> if, 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 I, if I didn't pack the computer, I'd probably test positive. So it was purely an insurance me- uh, mechanism. And it lived in my uh, luggage underneath the bed on, for, the inter- for the entirety of the cruise. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. The only thing so, I kind of find that was challenging about the whole process, when you're in the tent waiting, I didn't have cell service. I know Eric and Lori, y'all had service without really much of an issue, but like, Mike and I had Verizon and I think, are y'all AT&T? We are. And so like, I couldn't get the website to load. Um, Mm. And so eventually, like I finally, like my email came through and I got the clear email. Um, But the nerve wracking part for me was also like where we are, the tents are kind of right next to the parking garage. And I think it was like the perfect angle for us to not have cell service. Yeah. So that was a bit nerve wracking. (laughs) Did you have to do any testing or any like documentation before this or you just show up and you have to test negative at the port and then you're clear to sail? No, at at the time of our sailing, the rules for Disney Cruise Line were if you or I guess if you were eligible to be vaccinated, you had to be vaccinated. So basically anyone without a medical exemption over over five years of age. Mm -hmm. And so for all of us, we had to be vaccinated and then they would test you at the port. I know those guidelines have changed since our sailing. And in fact, I think upon our return was when they, with the guidelines kind of changed and they're a little different now. And so I'd encourage anyone who's cruising to go to the Disney cruise line website. And there's like a, a before you sail page that you can click on that tells you all the rules for what's required for COVID testing 
before you're sailing. Uh, the yeah, big that's thing- a great point. Great point. Because things are constantly evolving and changing. So that's right. that's good to know. Yeah. The, the, the one thing we had to do before our sailing was uh, at the seven day before sailing point, or no, maybe it was 15 days before sailing. I really can't remember. But either two weeks or one week before our sailing, we had to register with uh, the Safe Passage website. And so Disney's contracted with the company to do all their COVID testing. We had to register with them and upload our vaccination, our, our proof of vaccination. Um, and then they checked that against the state health departments, the various state health departments databases to verify that we were in fact vaccinated. And then we got a message back from them uh, before our departure that said, you are clear to arrive at the port. Okay. And so my, my guess is that that procedure will probably remain in place even as the testing kind of evolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. It is, but it's, it was fun. Like as people were getting their emails, cause you, you kind of were batched. So everybody who was in line with you to get tested is who you kind of ended up waiting with. Mm-hmm. And as soon as people's test results started coming through, it was like, you'd hear a family cheer and we'd all like clap for them. So- <laughs> It's kind of like when Rise of the Resistance boarding groups were a thing and like everybody was really quiet and then you'd hear people cheering when they got their boarding group. Exactly. It was very much, uh, (laughs) it takes a village to make this happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, that has to be so nerve wracking because you do have so much money involved in this. And so, you know, obviously for both of you guys, it was fantastic because you did test negative, but can you kind of tell people like what would happen if you did test positive at the port? Like, do they give you a refund? Do they apply it to future cruise credit? How do, do you know how that works? I honestly don't know. I've heard some anecdotal stuff about, um, about how they offer, about how they process it, but I really wouldn't mm-hmm. want to guess and get someone <laughs> right. <laughs> well, right. so much of it has to do with how you booked it too, you know? Okay. So, uh, you know, if you booked it on like future cruise credit, right? Like that's going to be handled differently than somebody who just paid cash. If you're traveling on points because you did it as DVC, that's going to be handled differently. So it's kind of right. like a case by case basis. Sure. I will say for the most part, it has felt like Disney wants you to come back, right? So they don't want to right. make you upset. And this is a really big bummer when it happens. And I have not heard stories of Disney being, you know. Unaccommodating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, wh- whether or not that meets what the family's hoping for, right? I don't know. Well, but- sure. I mean, because if you, if you test positive, like, it just puts a sour taste in your mouth anyway. Right. Right. Like, you're just not going to be happy. So, but everything I've heard, they've been handling in what I would consider like normal Disney fashion, trying to, yeah. to make the best of the situation. Yeah. Good deal. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So now that that's all done and you've tested negative, you're boarding the ship. Like I saw some pictures that you posted when you got back about some of the dining things that you had. And there was one in particular that I was like, that looked really cool. And that was the artist palette. Animators. Is that what it's called? Animators. Animators. Palette. Yes, that looked super cool. But tell me about some of the dining experiences that you had while on the ship and how that all works. Um, okay, we'll so, so, go for it, Eric. 
Okay. So Disney does what's called rotational dining, which means, you know, there's, there's three main restaurants. Uh, our first night was an animator's palette and we met our servers there. And then basically every night you move to a new dining room and the servers come with you. So, um, I, we may have talked about it in the last episode a little bit, but the servers really get an opportunity to learn you and your, you and your sailing party, your likes, your dislikes, and they will bend over backwards to try and meet your needs. But, uh, but animators palette, um, definitely has sort of a, an animation theme to the restaurant, if you will, like, uh, lots of paint brushes, uh, lots of, uh, sketches and uh, animation cells up on the walls. And then they have a number of uh, screens in the room and they kind of come to life during the dinner. That's and cool. uh, you and would love it, Kelly. I know. Depending on the night, there's like a different kind of show in the dining room. Um, and we were actually booked for, three nights in animator's palette because that was this, that, that was the, the dining room we started out in, but we actually, we used one of those dining, one of those uh, animator palette nights for a, an adult dining experience that we'll talk about in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's enchanted garden and that one is Oh, geez. I'm not even quite sure how to describe it other than there's like, it's themed with uh, like some of the light fixtures are like flowers and then the flowers bloom during the, uh, during the dinner. And then the final main dining room, which is actually adjacent to the atrium on the ship is called Royal Court. And of the of the dining room themes like it was sort of like a like a fancy ballroom in like a castle but it it was probably the the least themed of the restaurants if that makes sense just because it, it looked like kind of a a fancy restaurant kind of Robin what do you think Yeah I think that Royal Court is very predictable princess like you know there's carriages and then there's like mosaics on the wall of all the different princesses and princes um but it's a very it's sort of like uh cinderella's royal table but without being in the castle right like you go in and it's like oh this is like a a princess dinner option um and then enchanted garden felt like a very like if tinkerbell were having a prom (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's if got Tinkerbell like was having a prom like this is hilarious because it's like they have like the the ceiling because you also have to remember because you're on a cruise ship none of the the ceilings are high right because you know you're on a boat and so you've got like a standard ceiling height and so instead on the ceiling in like enchanted garden they've got like uh kind of looks like trees and leaves and everything and they kind of glitter and sparkle throughout the night on top of like the flowers that open and bloom they've got some fountains um so it's kind of like an an upscale tinkerbell experience but i love uh, it yeah 
but we uh, so what was you said you had an adult only dining. I'm interested to hear about that too. Sure. So uh, on the boat, there are two kind of adults only restaurants. So for 18 and older, uh, there's Paolo, which is sort of uh, a Northern Italian kind of theme or not even theme, but Northern Italian menu restaurant. Uh, so, you know, they have, uh, they have steaks. I, I honestly can't remember what I got to eat, but it was delicious. I think I got the salmon. Um, but they, it's, it's Italian food. It's definitely personalized service. Um, probably the biggest difference between the adult dining and the main dining rooms is for the adult dining, you know, you show up, you sit down, they bring your drinks and everything. Then they take your order and they cook your food that you just ordered where in the main dining room, they're trying to serve like 800 people basically at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so there's a certain amount of like, you have, you have a menu you can select from, but a lot of the food is prepared kind of in mass a little bit ahead of time so that they can basically serve people all at the same time as, as everybody's ordering. So, um, I, I made the, I, I, I sort of like to say, you know, the, the main dining rooms would be like a really nice catered wedding where Paulo or Remy, the French restaurant, that's the other adult restaurant on the boat. Those two are like actual fine dining. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, even to the point that for Paulo, when we had ordered our um, entrees, we're still waiting on those. And the waitress came around and she asked if any of us were ordering a souffle for dessert because those need more time to cook. Like they needed to know in advance what our dessert would be because it wasn't yet made. (laughs) So um, Mm -hmm. it was, it was phenomenal. I had the filet. It it was delicious. Um, And I did, I got the chocolate souffle for dessert. Ooh, I did not want to share that. So what did Ellie do while you were at dinner? Um, So she went to the kids club. Basically, um, we told her, uh, we have an adult only dinner. I'm going to need you to go find your own food. (laughs) (laughs) Survival parenting at its finest. Yeah. Well, so like, okay. So she's 10 and a half and, you know, she's wanting more independence and stuff. Right. So we thought this cruise would be a great way to do that. Um, we gave her privileges from the kids club where she could check herself in and out. So every parent gets to decide what works for their kid. So we let her check herself in and out. And I will tell you this child, I didn't see her except for dinner time. Like, and even at dinner, Eric will attest to this. She would like eat her food and she's like, all right, bye. I've got plans. I've got to go meet my friends. She like would leave before dessert ever showed up because she was like too busy. That's so funny. Yeah. We'd, we'd see Ellie for about half an hour at dinner every day. And then occasionally kind of here and there at other times during the day, but she was, she'd made her friend and she, her, her friends and she had her little tribe that she was hanging out with. Yeah. And yeah. like she, she went one night, she ordered escargot, ate 
three servings of escargot and it was like, all right, I'm done. And we're like, you don't want <laughs> three dessert? Words she of was like, no. This girl, I can't. <laughs> and that was it. Well, and okay. And the best part is so because so much of the cruise cost is like included in your, you know, the standard food um, and like sodas are included in the Disney cruise. She didn't have charging privileges, you know, because she's 10. Uh, yeah. But she never came to me and asked for money because so much of what she wanted was already included. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, all of the money we spent was, like, me and Mike. <laughs> I can't blame her. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the so for the adult dinner, we did Paulo um, on Pirate Night. And Ellie went, apparently, so this is what she tells me. She was like, well, I knew we already had our reservation um, at Animator's Palette that night, and you guys weren't going. So me and my friends went, and we went and just ordered dessert, and then we left. (laughs) So she, I've, like, envisioned that Ellie has taken, like, a group of friends from the kids club in, like, full-on, like, Peter Pan Lost Boy style to dessert. They ate and then they left. And it was just like, you know, cruise life. Why not? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is too funny. Right. So in in addition to the Paolo dinner, uh, my wife and I also did a uh, dessert tasting at Remy. So on on sea days, uh, both Paolo and Remy offer a brunch that is like the hot ticket on the boat. I could not get a brunch because I'm only a, I'm, I was only You're a only. silver cruiser. So <laughs> in the castaway club. So based on when your reservation opens, you can book all these onboard experiences. And from what I understand, the concierge and platinum cruisers start snapping up the, the brunches, like as soon as they arrive or as, as soon as they're able to book. So by the time you get down to, like silver or first time cruisers, there are fewer opportunities left. So we didn't get the brunch, but there was a dessert tasting. And since both my wife and I love dessert, we figured, Hey, why not? We'll give it a try. And let me tell you, it was amazing. So uh, the dessert tasting basically was six sort of desserts in, in like individual portions. So each one of us got a, got a little dessert portion and then three wines to go, or or we we purchased the wine package. So then we got three wines to go along with our six desserts. And so, um, you know the and Remy, just for those people for, for for those people that don't know, is a three star Michelin restaurant. It's one of the few uh, like Michelin starred restaurants at sea. Um, and so it it truly is like the fancy dining on board the boat. And so the chef came out and talked to us a little bit at the beginning. And then for each course, he sort of described the course and how it's prepared. And the sommelier would come over and pour the wine and explain the wine and how it pairs with the, with the meal or with the dessert. And then we try out the dessert and we started with a creme brulee. And then um, there were some chocolate dishes. There were some carrot, there were some dishes with caramel uh, there was one with like fresh fruit on the top and then the final dessert comes out and it looks like a lemon. I mean, like 
Robin can show you the pictures, but you, like you'd be hard pressed if you weren't sitting in a restaurant to know that this isn't just a lemon that's on your plate. And the the head chef bring brought out the pastry chef and his two assistants to describe how they prepare this lemon dessert. And effectively, like because it has to be shaped over time and then frozen, it takes three days to make this this dessert that looks like a lemon. And it was far and away my favorite of the cruise. And oh my God, it was delicious. So if anyone's ever considering the Remy dessert, if, if, if you like dessert, definitely go do that. Yeah, I was super jealous when I saw all your pictures. <laughs> I was like, dang, that was a good score. Yeah. That's awesome. Is anything else you want to talk about with dining? Um, so I, I guess in addition to the main dining rooms and the two adult restaurants, you know, there's also food up on the pool deck. So, um, at, at the aft of the ship on the pool deck is Cabana's, which is the buffet and they're open for breakfast and lunch. And then they do a buffet late in the evening on pirate night that I think I was already asleep by the time they started that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, for, for, for my wife and I, we like the variety of like, Hey, I'm going to go upstairs and just look around and pick the food that we, that, that, that speaks to us today. And that looks, that looks good. So we did that for breakfast almost every day. We did that for lunch a few of the days. Um, and then kind of midship also on the pool deck, they have some quick service. So they have, uh, a place that'll serve like pizzas. So they did, they had like chicken or sorry, barbecued chicken, pepperoni, cheese, uh, like a margarita pizza. So a couple of different kinds of pizza that, that they'd have cut, sort of continuously prepared and you'd get to the front of the line and point at it and say, I want two pieces of that. And they would put it on a plate and hand it to you. And that's all included. Uh, the next restaurant over was sort of your, uh, short order place. So they had hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken fingers, fries. Um, and then the next place had like fresh fruit and salads and wraps and things like that. So there's no shortage of food on the boat. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also a soft serve ice cream machine. Um, and I let legend has it that Ellie may have had a lot of ice cream on the boat. <laughs> She's going to go down as a legend on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was also Frozones, which I'm right. still kind of bummed I didn't do, but they had like smoothies and, um, I don't think they had Dole Whip, but, uh, smoothies and stuff. Um, and then the last food place that I almost forgot about was at at the aft of the ship, right before you walked into Cabana's, was a, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, except it's like a sweet shop. So called Sweet on You. And they had ice they had like, um, and as opposed to soft serve, like, you know, they could, they, they could scoop out ice cream, gelato. They had uh, macaroons. They had, um like chocolate ganache squares. Um, they had candy and uh, that was an extra charge. 
but all the other stuff on the pool deck basically is included in the price of the cruise. Well, I think the only thing I would add to that is um, every single night without fail, we ordered room service um, <laughs> because you're on a cruise and you're supposed to leave apparently larger than you came. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not like Disney World where you're walking a lot. Yeah, no, there was none of that. <laughs> nope. Um, but every night at dinner, we ordered three milk cartons and a pack of three warmed chocolate chip cookies, again, also included. Uh, and so we finished every night before bed with warm chocolate chip cookies and milk because that's what we needed in the moment. Yes. So that, that I highly recommend. And then I think, I don't know, Eric, do you want to talk about... Um, the little hideaway bar that you and Mike discovered and uh, do we, oh, do we yeah. throw him under the bus since he's no, not no, here? No, there's, no, there's, there's no throwing under the bus. <laughs> so the, at, at the aft of the ship up on the, the deck where Paulo and Remy are, uh, when you, when you check in for your meal, there's like a reception desk and behind that, there's like a couple of doors and it's like, I wonder where those go. And I had like, if, if, if you just walked up there and you didn't know, you'd think, oh, that's like a waiting area where people wait while, while they're waiting for their meal or for, for, for their seating. But it's actually a bar that's open pretty much from like 11 in the morning until until closing. And uh, so it is, in my opinion, kind of the the secret bar on the boat. And I was telling Mike and Robin I was a little hesitant to talk about it because I don't want to let other people know <laughs> that this bar exists because it's so cool. So it has like windows all across the back of the bar. So you can sit at the bar and look back on the wake of the ship. Um, and then to either side, there's like a little deck where you can sit outside. Um, and they have all the really nice alcohol in that bar. Kelly, they had an entire cart of different kinds of gin. Yes. Are you serious? They had it. They just called it World of Gin. And <laughs> if you said, I wanted, so I, so I, we, we went back there and I think the first or second time Mike and I were back there, I said, I really like a gin and tonic. And the guy yeah. was like, well, what kind of gin do you want? And I'm like, I don't even know what you have. Surprise me. And so he came out with three different kinds of gin, explained oh. them all to me why they're the three best gins in his opinion, like in the world. Yeah. And sort of let us kind of, you know, sniff each gin a little bit because they all had different aromas because they're all distilled a little differently. And then, you know, when you picked your gin, then he would make your gin and tonic kind of with, you know, the tonic water and then choose the, the citrus fruit and, you know, whatever oh. else he was going to put in there based on that kind of gin. That sounds amazing. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I literally yeah, so. pulled out my phone. I was going to like FaceTime you. And then I was like, oh, wait, we're on a boat. That won't work. I'm on a yeah. Boat. So, so yeah. Joel, the bartender uh, from Peru, I think, um, he got a big tip at the end of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And I can I, only imagine. Yeah, and and I'll, and I'll also say so because this cruise for my wife and I had been rebooked twice, once before COVID and once 
after COVID, um, I had a huge onboard credit that I had to get rid of because I couldn't roll it over to anything else because I'm not going to sail again before September 20th. So um, you had to. I mean, I I, I had to. So so we, yeah. we. I dropped a fair chunk of change at that bar. <laughs> I mean, listen, you had to do it. Way to take one for the team, like. <laughs> I, I get it. I would be doing the same. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I want to be there. It was awesome. And then there's all, I was surprised. I was, I would say I was pleasantly surprised at how many adult only spaces there are on Disney ships. I feel like a lot of yeah. folks are like, Oh, I want to go on a cruise, but I don't want to go on a Disney cruise is kind of what I get a lot. And uh, like literally didn't see kids most of the time. Uh, Lori and I were able to find bars that were not this one. Um, we found one bar called Currents that we liked, which is on the front of the ship in an adult only like pool area. So I found some chairs I like that were the very front of the boat, top floor, adult only. We had a waiter who brought us drinks, um, you know. So- yeah, but was it Jonquil? <sighs> no, it was not. She was wonderful. Although it was his, his name was Bert. Um, when we went to Castaway Key, Bert found us there and brought Lori and I the same drinks because he oh, knew what we liked amazing. while yep. we were in the water in our chairs. <laughs> oh, so um, life was yeah, really hard. It. It, was, it was really hard. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we were able to survive. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think if there were any other bars that kind of stood out. We ended up, I was like surprised too. We landed in, um, the tube had drinks that we ended mm-hmm. up liking. And then O'Gill's, the Irish pub also had drinks and, and a, a pretty wide selection of beer. Mike and I did the beer tasting the second afternoon, I think. Yeah. Um, and most of the, or, or at least O'Gill's was opened up also at about 11 o'clock and then was open until whenever the ship shut down, which was after I went to bed. Right. But uh, they also had trivia contests in O'Gill's kind of off and on throughout the day. Um, I think I may have heard about Robin and the trivia. Yeah. Was that, was that when you uh, got in trouble? No. Robin? No, not too bad. But uh, I think at some point, everybody in our group won a trivia game. No, I mean, how you answered the question about being nickel and dime. Oh, yes, that was, we can, we can talk about that. Uh, So one of the trivia questions that we had at, it was like, the theme was like Disney trivia, but it was like, uh, like common phrases. And the question was like, what is it called when, oh gosh, Kelly, I know I texted it to you. What did I say? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you call it when a company like wants you to spend a lot of money or something like that? Uh, I know I'm not doing it justice. And so the story now sucks, but basically oh I yelled out the answer was we got Bob Chappicked. Uh, <laughs> and they stopped the game. <laughs> the entire room applauded. Uh, the guy who was running trivia 
was like, okay, so the correct answer is nickel and dimed, but you get a keychain for that answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, I think that was um, that was the trivia we did after. Yeah, here's your text. I got up at trivia one night on the boat. The category was phrases. The question was, what do you call it when someone charges you for every little thing? The correct answer was nickel and dime. I said to Bob Chapek someone. The host literally spit out his drink on stage and the entire auditorium lost it. Hilarious. Yep. And you said, I want a keychain for that answer. (laughs) And then the cast member saw you at Castaway Key and he um, took a picture of you in front of Captain Bob Iger's sign. Yes, we did that. We did that. Yeah, I think that needs to be posted for the show notes. That was so bad. Oh goodness, it was funny, but trivia was trivia was a lot of fun. Uh, I, mean, I, I, yeah. I love trivia, so I would yeah. They had for that. they had sort of general trivia. They had Disney Parks trivia. They had Ultimate Disney trivia, which I think Robin actually won the competi- the whole co- trivia competition for that one. Yep. Yeah. And then they had music trivia. So they had 80s, tri- 80s music, Dude. 90s music, 2000s music, which I'm down. I, and, and then TV theme song trivia, which I won. I'm in. So <laughs> I think we all left feeling good about ourselves and we all have Disney Cruise Line keychains now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I might just hang out at the trivia place. Yeah. Now, I, I've um, heard that they typically give out like little medals with Mickey on them for trivia winners. But my oh. guess is there's some supply chain issues and they didn't have those Probably. available. Because one of the w- one of the trivias I won, I didn't even get keychains. I got Mickey Mouse Rice Krispie. You got Bob Chapek. I got Bob Chapek. <laughs> Bob, I'm sorry. It's okay. So I guess the like since you're a trivia person and I am and Robin is like you need to go on this cruise with us next May. I've tried. It up. I I would love to. And I hear crickets. We we have that. That's going to be difficult, both because school is still in session, and it's I think late enough in the in in the in the year that especially if our daughter actually goes to Disney for like the end of year cruise championship, or sorry for oh. end of year uh, cheer championship. Like sure. we're we're not going to be able to make that cruise. Also, okay. Well, we'll let it slide for this time. But I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy this cruise so much that we should plan a cruise for all of us to go. Okay. Yes. Twist okay, my arm. All right. So let's talk about excursions because I got a text from Robin about one of the excursions that you guys went on, <laughs> and I don't remember texting you this much on the trip. <laughs> Go back and look at the receipts, Robin, <laughs> because this day you texted me a lot. Um, there was something about a, a, I don't know, a rum cruise or a, something. I don't know. I, that I tracks. Just, I, want hear, I want to hear about all the excursions that you did off of the boat. Well, Eric, why don't you talk about yours first? Okay. So... Um, so we got on the ship, we had two days at sea, and then we uh, hit port in Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. And that was sort of a, a chill port day. So um, we waited for the crowd to get off the ship. 
And then uh, I think we got off the boat, met up with Mike and Robin and Ellie and just sort of walked around the port a little bit. Uh, there were, there's like a little, almost like an outdoor shopping mall, like a re- immediately adjacent to the the pier. So we kind of walked around that a little bit, had lunch, which was fantastic. And then walked around a little bit more and then got back on the boat because. Okay. So this is very like, because I, I don't really do international travel a whole lot. So that's n- obviously not covered in your cruise package, right? Like when you get off the ship and you eat and you do those things, right? You, right. You that pay. is, that is not covered. So you pay. Um, yeah. and we just used credit card. Okay. Uh, is that the, you think that's the most convenient way to do those things? That's probably the most convenient way. And that also, um, you know, the, the, the credit card company figures out what the exchange rate is. Um, and that way you don't have to convert any money into whatever the local money is. And, you know, honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I assume they use pounds, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what they use for money in the British Virgin Islands. I I'm, I'm betting they take dollars also, but just credit cards seemed easiest. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, um, I have one credit card I use when I travel like on cruises. Um, Mm -hmm. and it has a very low limit and that's intentional. So if anything, like if my credit card gets stolen or whatever, there's a kind of a natural cap. Um, right. Because sometimes if there's an alert of like a fraudulent purchase or something, you don't know until you get back home and you get like access to your email again. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I have a credit card that has a tiny limit and I just only use it for these sorts of things. When we're off the boat and I'm doing something on my own, uh, that's kind of like my personal like insurance policy uh, when we when we go off the ship. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, but the we had lunch in the port and it was wonderful. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. And then you know the the other thing too is if if you don't schedule a uh, like port adventure ahead of time and you're not sure what you want to do, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just walking around a little bit and then getting back on the ship and then the ship is emptier and you have more you you have kind of free run of the free run of the ship until everybody else comes back from their their port adventures. Um, I will say to get off the ship, um, or I I guess getting off the ship in a foreign port, uh, you want to make sure you have your key to the world card, which is just like your room key, basically. And then a photo ID. You don't have to bring your passport off the ship. Um, It's good to have, you know, obviously in case there's an emergency of some sort. But Mm -hmm. um, as long as you have your driver's license... Uh, or some other photo ID, you can get back kind of through um, the the host nation's uh, security and back on the ship. Yeah. it's a good point. I never would have thought about that. Yeah. And there's always a channel on the TV, and this has been consistent with every cruise, cruise line I've been on. They've got a channel on the TV that you can watch and they always kind of update this like little 10, 15 minute video that is constantly scrolling to prepare you for the country you're about to go to and kind of constant reminder of what you need to carry off the boat, you know, places to go, you know, safety things to keep in mind. And it's kind of, so we always kind of play that in the background on those days that we're getting ready, just so it's kind of in the back of our head. Right. This is where we're going. Right. 
Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So then the the next day, we docked in St. Thomas, which is part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. So mm-hmm. it's it's the U.S., but for as, as far as the cruise line is concerned, and as far as the Virgin Islands are concerned, like they still want to see a photo ID for you to get back through security to get back on the boat. So you still need sure. you still need ID getting off the boat. And so that one, we actually did have shore excursions planned. And Mike and I had a kind of sea kayak, nature walk, snorkel adventure. Uh, so we got off the ship, hopped into like a big open air truck slash Jeep kind of thing that seated about 25 people and drove maybe 20 minutes away from the port to this sea kayak place. Um, I can't think of the name of it to save my life, but uh, uh, it was, it was booked through Disney. Um, and I will say just sort of an, as an aside, you, you're, you're always able to book port adventures on your own instead of going through Disney. But if you book through Disney and the port adventure is running late they will hold the ship for you. If oh, you book wow. on your if you book on your own and the port adventure is running late, they will leave without you. Yes, they oh. will. Oh so, that sounds awful. So with that in mind, my my going in plan is if I'm gonna be off the boat and there's even a remote possibility that sure. we're gonna be close to the depart close to the departure time of the boat, I'm only gonna book through through Disney. Yeah, and then Disney also vets the uh, vendors to make sure that you know they're they're not trying to scam you or anything like that. Right. Um, but we had a great time. Uh, we had a little safety briefing. We got into our kayak. Uh, we kayaked out kind of through this mangrove forest um, and a couple of little small islands to an even smaller island. Um, and it was it was maybe a. 20, 30 minute paddle to get out to this little small island. And then we walked around the island and the guide explained some of the history of St. Thomas, some of the uh, very deadly uh, uh, plants that exist on the island um, and kind of pointed out like, hey, there's one of them and here's how to identify it and that's the only one we're going to see during our trip. So don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> and then we went out to this spot and they had a few little tide pools where he was able to, you know, uh, pick up like sea urchins or starfish or things like that and kind of show them to people. And then there was also a blowhole. So as the tide came in, the blowhole became more active and, you know, you get like a fountain of water shooting up into the air. And so some people got their pictures taken with the blowhole. And then we went back to where the kayaks were, grabbed our masks and snorkeled and snorkeled around the reef for probably about 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, we saw an That's octopus. Amazing. We saw a puffer fish. We saw a bunch of other like like blue tang, like dory, dory kind of looking fishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then we kayaked back to where we where we started from and then got cleaned up back on the truck and back to the ship. Oh, this sounds amazing. Like I'm I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't think my cruise that I have booked is long enough. Yeah, it's so not- our 
Our, ours was <laughs> definitely a workout. Um, yeah. Because we were paddling that, that kayak uh, pretty hard both directions. And now I'll let Robin tell you about her port <laughs> adventure in St. Thomas. Oh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> I kind of heard. Yeah. Um, so I think I was texting you. I don't really remember. Uh, <laughs> so I'll preface this by saying, like, I am not like a, an ocean swimmer. Um, I am deathly afraid of sharks. I don't even like deep ends of pools. Like, I go on excursions that say, like, champagne or rum punch in the title. Um. So that's just where we're at. Um, But Ellie loves snorkeling. And Lori was like, oh, I've been snorkeling a couple of times. I can go snorkeling. So I was like, okay, let's go do this. Because there was a catamaran snorkel and champagne uh, excursion. And I was like, that that sounds good. I can sit on a boat. I can drink some champagne. Ellie can snorkel. Um, Until we decide that Robin should actually snorkel. Um, but then I would need alcohol to make that happen. So, um, I had some rum punch by the time I turned around, Ellie was already in the water snorkeling. She like jumped off the side of the boat, uh, full on like snorkeling. Um, and she's like, mom, you have to come. And now I'm like, oh gosh, the, uh, parent who likes activity is not here. This was not very well thought out. Um, so I drank some more rum punch. Uh, we put on our flippers, um, Lori got in first because I think she knew I needed the emotional support of having somebody else in the ocean first. Uh, I got in. I did not die. So that was really great. Didn't drown. They gave me a life jacket, which was really helpful. (laughs) Uh, We managed to swim all the way from the boat, like to the beach. Uh, And then we swam around a bit. We came back. We didn't really see much. Uh, The boat guy, I guess the captain, was telling us that this area is like where we landed was surrounded by fire coral and it was actually a national park. And so there weren't any like predators or big fish because they can't get through the fire coral. And so I was like, Oh, well that makes it feel like way safer. Um, so then we snorkeled a bit. Uh, I, I don't know if Eric, if you've heard, I took a four and a half minute video that I didn't mean to take. I did hear about that. <laughs> A couple of times. Very proud of this four and a half minute video. Uh, I was very stressed the whole time because I was convinced I was going to get eaten by a shark. So I decided the best way to deal with that fear was to get back on the boat and consume more rum punch. Uh, So after we snorkeled, we got back on the catamaran. Uh, Everybody on the boat cheers the fact I didn't die because I told them I was concerned about that uh, and then it took like 45 minutes to get back uh to the shore like where we had taken off from it was like absolutely beautiful this boat was you know ellie kind of sat in the netting up front and we just kind of like rode the waves back and it was sunny and it was like 80 degrees decent humidity but there was like the wind and the ocean water like it was gorgeous um and I think in that time, Lori and I drank some more rum punch, uh, which seemed to be the pattern of our excursion. Uh, the rum punch was very good. 
I we get back on the boat or not the boat. So we get the boat gets back after we snorkel and stuff, and they have to take us back to the port. So we get in this like open air bus. Um, and for some reason, I feel like the ride back to port on the bus was much shorter than the ride there. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that had to do with the rum punch also. Um, but it was a thing. Uh, Lori and I talked to all of our friends that were on the excursion with us on the bus. They learned a lot about my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at this part, I might have been texting you on the bus. Um, I believe I informed you that I'd had a lot of rum punch. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, we get back to the port and Ellie is just like, can we get back on the boat, please? <laughs> <laughs> and Lori and I are like but the boat is so pretty we stopped and took a ton of pictures by the boat it was wonderful um, but we did the morning excursion and so the you know we were you're there for like a full day and so our catamaran and snorkel excursion was in the morning and so we got back about lunchtime uh, and we decided Ellie as soon as we got back on the boat was like I'm going to the kids club bye and I was like see you later we had had enough of you she had and she was like I need to be around kids you're not fun and I was like but I think I'm really fun uh so Lori and I decided to head up to um currents which we had you know at this point decided was the bar of our choosing I think at some point we started texting Eric and Mike maybe almost annoyingly um asking about their location (laughs) (laughs) um we enjoyed some drinks of the day. So on, on all the Disney ships, they have a drink of the day. That's like $5 and it changes every day. And so we just, we had a few of those. Um, we hung out. I think the guys got back from their excursion. We kind of hung out. I think I then went and took a nap. That sounds right. (laughs) I would think so. Um, Oh, but at one point, um, I do remember on the way up to Currents, Lori and I stopped and chatted with this wonderful cast member named Sergio at the ice cream um, stand. And we were talking with him and he was teaching us how to say thank you in Portuguese. So that was pretty cool. Except then Lori and I saw him the next day and he looked very embarrassed to see us. So I feel like we maybe talked more about than how to say thank you in Portuguese. Do you remember how to say thank you in Portuguese? I do not. Okay. It's not a very good lesson. But it was all, you know, just because I think so much when you go on vacation, like somebody has to be the driver. Somebody has to always be, you know, kind of like in charge. But the cool thing about when you cruise is when you book it through Disney or through whatever cruise line you're on, like they've arranged your ride back. They, you know, nobody has to be the designated driver. Everybody gets to like enjoy themselves. And I think... Right. We just decided that, you know, sometimes life can be hard and you just need a day where you like laugh and giggle and have a few rum punches. And that's mm-hmm. what our excursion was. And it was wonderful. I highly recommend it. And I kept, I think I told you this. I was like, I, kept, I wish Kelly were here. She would love this. <laughs> I know. Soon. 
So I don't think we were too embarrassing. We just, we were having a good time. It was fun. That's, that's the whole point of vacation anyway, is just relax yeah. and have a good time. So yeah. yep. then, and so then we had another night on the boat and then we docked at Castaway Key, which is the Disney Island in the Bahamas. And, oh. um, Mike and I went and walked the 5k course, um, cause they have like a Castaway Key, Castaway Key. 5k uh pretty much every time the boat pulls in uh because of covid it's a do it on your own and because of supply chain issues they did not have metals available at the end which is okay because you know it was it was more about getting the exercise in than it was about the metals but we were a little disappointed about the metals um because you know who doesn't want free disney stuff um or I guess included Disney stuff because it's included in the price of your cruise. <laughs> um, and then we made our way back over to the beach and met up with the girls who were hanging out and being served drinks while they sat in the water. It was a really hard day. <laughs> but we also, uh, we did the stingray excursion Um which that was kind of cool. It was a bummer because the weather was kind of bad. They didn't let us feed the stingrays, but we got a storkel set and we got to like swim with the stingrays. So that was fun. Um, Ellie did that. So all five of us were able to kind of do that. And um, that was definitely like a different change of pace. And I think there's something really peaceful about stingrays because they just kind of glide around. It's like what I wish I could do in life. I like the stingrays. Yeah, it was a it was a fun kind of relaxing activity, just kind of swimming around and trying to trying to see the stingrays, who then would see you and swim away. <laughs> they're stingrays, um, but yeah, that that was a that was a really fun way to spend an hour. Um, so, for a first time cruiser, would you recommend doing a lot of excursions? Not a lot of excursions, like you know, because I, I want to enjoy my time on the boat, but I also want to see what else I can do. Right. So, so is, you know, is, how do you is, find a balance? Is, is, is for, for you, and, and I actually, I would say, so we've done now, I guess, two, three nights and three seven nights. And the seven nights we've booked excursions because we have lots of sea days. The three nights, you do not have any sea days. You basically go from Port Canaveral to Nassau in the Bahamas to Castaway Key in the Bahamas and then back to uh, Port Canaveral. So if if you're on a three-year, especially a three-night, but I'd say even a, a three or a four-night, my recommendation and – this is just based on my personal experience. There, there are some people that love NASA in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. I can stay on the boat all day in NASA, and then there's fewer people on the boat, and I can do more stuff on the boat. So, yeah, because I've heard if, that too. Like, it's kind of nice to stay on the boat when you port because you know lines for the if there's a slide on the at the ship like the aqueduct, like there's a less of a line. There's, right you know, stuff like that. So I feel like I would have FOMO no matter what I do. Probably, I guess. <laughs> and, 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 and again, this is, this is just based on me personally. 
is I've been off the boat in Nassau. There's not a whole lot in Nassau that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me and, and my family, if we're in Nassau, we're staying on the boat. However, you know, like if we're going to St. Thomas or if we're going to like, um, Cayman Islands, or if we were going to hit Jamaica, which we have never been to before, we would probably get off the boat and do a shore excursion because we haven't seen that yet. And so like, and like next summer we have a, uh, Mediterranean, not Mediterranean, we have a Western European cruise booked. So we're going to go from Barcelona to England and we stop in Spain and then in Portugal and then in Spain again and then in France. And we are definitely getting off the boat at all, at all of those because we've never been there before. And, you know, we don't want to miss an opportunity to see like those countries and right. those cities. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Um, for, again, for, for me personally, I would say, if if we were hitting Nassau, we would stay on the boat. Um, again, for from from my family and my family only. If we were going to go to Cozumel, we might get off the boat and eat, but then we would get back on the boat and uh, spend time on the ship. And that's actually what we did when we had our Western um, Caribbean. And when we hit Cozumel, we got off the boat, walked kind of through the port, got back on the boat, and then the kids spent like two and a half hours on the water slides because right. no one else was on them. No one was there. Yep. I think a I lot think of it did. too, it's the same thought process of when you're planning like a Disney world trip about resort days, mm-hmm. you know, like there are some families who a resort day isn't what's best for them. And then there's other families that like need the resort day, you know? Right. And so you kind of have to look at, what shore excursions are available. I mean, like we had never, well, I guess we have been to Tortola before, but on this trip, we chose not to do a port excursion there because there wasn't anything we wanted to pay for, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of variables of deciding like what activities do you want to do? What activities are you willing to pay extra for? Where haven't you been, you know, thinking about what's available on the boat, you know, there's just, I think a lot of it. And it's like the conversation with your travel agent about like, what makes sense for your family. Right. Uh, and I think you're going to have FOMO no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but it's like what FOMO is going to cause the least regret. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Cause I've never been on a cruise. So like, I don't know. I just feel like I feel overwhelmed with it. I know it's so much less planning than the parks, but I just, I want to make sure that when I go on my first cruise, I do it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you take the same, the same, take you do when you go to the parks which is you can't do, do it all do. right you know that's yeah, and, I, and, and, and I would say for the for the three night too especially if it's your first cruise like that first night on the boat is sort of a like whoa I'm on a boat you know this is different and I need to find my way around where everything is on the ship and especially because like not only do you want to get off the ship in Castaway Key and experience all of that, the ship kind of encourages it. So like the kids club on, on the ship actually shuts down 
and moves ashore at Castaway Key. So you can't check your kid into the kids club on board the boat. You have to check them into the kids club at Castaway Key. Okay. So if if you're already if, if you already know, okay, I'm I'm gonna get off the ship for some period of time in Castaway Key for sure. Um again, if, if it's especially if it's your first cruise, you might choose to stay on the ship during your other port call and that way you get a day to really explore the ship and see the ship. Because I know when, yeah. when we did our first cruise, granted our son was only four, but it all went so fast and we did a shore excursion uh, in Nassau and it wasn't a bad shore excursion, but like with hindsight, it was one, you know, and, and, and I, and I think it definitely entertained our son because mm-hmm. he, he needed something to entertain him, like staying on board the ship. If he hadn't like, and, cause he, he, he wasn't at the stage where he was like going to the kids club all day. He was going for a few hours in the evening and was cool with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know if he would have been cool staying there all day long. Right. By our second cruise, we learned, yeah, he's cool staying there all day long. But I don't know if four-year-old him would have been cool with that. And so it was good to have something to kind of break up the day and for him to do. But mm-hmm. uh, if you have older kids where either, you know, they're okay kind of, you know, playing in the kids club and, you know, either socializing with the other kids or playing video games or doing crafts or whatever they have going on in there. Um then you may want to think about, or if, or if they like the pool deck stuff, you may want to think about staying on board the boat in Nassau and using that time just to kind of get more, get more ship experience mm-hmm. uh, because it, for, for a three night, it does go really fast. Yeah. Well, too fast. Even a seven night is too fast. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I could have taken a couple more sea days for sure. Yeah. Um, well, and, and on your sea days, they have different shows and things like that on board so that you have entertainment at night, correct? Well, so every night on board the ship, they have some, some sort of entertainment. Uh, they have this theater called the Walt Disney theater. It's like a kind of, you know, two story kind of, so, so like orchestra seating as well as, uh, uh, like balcony seating. Um, and they had a couple of like really good stage shows. They did uh, Aladdin, sort of a, a, a musical Aladdin, and they did a musical Frozen. Um, and both shows had pretty good production value. I mean, think think of it yeah. as like a Broadway show at sea, basically, but slightly less slightly less tech than like an actual Broadway show. But still, but, like, but still, insane. pretty freaking amazing. I mean, it it snowed in the theater one night. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they had like a comedian one night. They had an acapella group one night, all in all in that main theater. Uh, Doctor Strange had just come out, so they showed Doctor Strange in the big theater a couple of times. Um, and then also in the evening. Usually kind of about, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock, they had game shows and other kind of adult entertainment that they would run in the back of the boat. 
um, in, in all the adult spaces. And so they had uh, some pretty fun, like uh, kind of audience participation game shows. Um, my favorite that I just laughed the whole way through was one called Match Your Mate, which is basically <laughs> like the newlywed game uh, for couples. And so they, they asked, you know, who's been married the longest on the ship. And so a couple raised their hand and, you know, like 38 years or whatever. So they went up there and then they were like, who's been married the shortest amount of time. And someone else was like, we got married the night before we set sail. And so they went up on stage and then they had another like effectively like a dance off for who was going to be the third couple. And then once they had all three couples, uh, they, they pulled the guys up front, put noise canceling headphones on them. And then they asked the girls or the, 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 the ladies questions about like, you know, what, what does, what's one thing that, uh, about your partner that really annoys you. And, <laughs> um, so they went, they went through those and then the guys got the noise canceling headphones off and they answered. And then they brought the ladies up and put noise canceling headphones on them and then asked the guys questions. And it was hilarious. Hilarious. Like, like it, 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 it got about as adult as you could get on a Disney, <laughs> uh, it, with, 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 with the Walt Disney company. Yeah. Um, yeah. They asked one of the questions was they asked the husband's, where was the last time or where was the most exciting place you found the magic? Oh no. Yes. <laughs> and the one like magic kingdom. <laughs> the newlywed said today on our short excursion. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, I bet. I mean, she didn't think it was funny, but we all did. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure. And and I, I will say the the activity staff uh, was phenomenal. So yeah, like you know, everybody on everybody in the ship has a job. So um, like all the youth counselors have uh, like yellow shirts that they wear, and um, the activities staff has like r- red and blue striped shirts that they wear, and so you can always pick them out no matter where you know, if, if they're walking around and, um, the, the MC for a number of the trivias and game shows in the evening was a guy named AJ and he was from England and never passed up an opportunity to tell you that he was from England and was also hilarious. Yes. Yeah. And he did a great job too, that if you went to these shows like night after night after night of like carrying over like some inside joke that happened the night before. And so so you kind of felt like you were this like traveling community of people in on this joke. Yeah. So evidently the, the first night, uh, while he was doing his game show, a lady named Chris walked in and sort of walked into the middle of the game show. And so then for the rest of the cruise, he never missed an opportunity to like point out Chris and like, is Chris here? You know, Chris, make sure you say, you stay in your seat and don't interrupt my show. Um, you know, all, all very fun, but got, got the whole audience involved in what was going on. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I think, does that kind of touch on everything? I feel like 
no and yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the 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 last thing is probably the the debarking process. So, or the debarkation process, I guess. But uh, so probably, if I had to guess, I'd say about five thirty a.m. or so on the last day. The ship pulled in and tied up at the pier in Cast in, in uh, Port Canaveral. I didn't realize it because I was I was asleep. But when I woke up, we were already in the port and they were already offloading luggage. Um, so we got up, got dressed. You put your you actually put your pack up your your luggage if you don't want to carry it off the ship with you. You pack it up the night before, put it outside your stateroom between eight and ten p.m. and they take it uh, and and get it off the ship for you. But uh, the morning of debarkation, you wake up, get dressed, grab, you know, whatever's left in your room and go down to breakfast. Breakfast on the last morning is in whatever dining room you had for dinner the previous night. So we went to Animator's Palette because that's where we had our last dinner um, and uh, had breakfast and then waited around for a little bit for our turn to walk off the ship, walk off the ship. Uh, customs checks your passport, you get your luggage or actually you get your luggage, then customs checks your passport. And, uh, you know, if, if you have any declarations, you give them the declaration form and then that's it. You walk outside and, uh, sure enough, the party bus was waiting for us again. And it was a little (laughs) bit let, it was a little bit less of a party because we were leaving the cruise, (laughs) but we got back on the party bus and went to the airport. Yeah. Yep. The only kind of other thing we haven't really talked about is the Disney cruise app. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Which when you download before your cruise, it's kind of boring and you just can see like your reservation and you're like, what in the world? But once you connect to the boat Wi-Fi, it totally changes and you can see um, like the boat itinerary, like the different activities. Um, There's a chat function so you can, Every person on the ship has their own chat ID and you can find that like when you log in with your reservation and you can like exchange chat ID numbers. So you can text people through the app on the boat for free. So you don't have to have Wi-Fi like to talk to your kids if they've got an iPad or, um, you know, their phone or whatever. Um, it was also really nice because Mike one day met um, this mom who's had a 10 year old that hadn't really connected with any other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, oh my gosh, I need to get your 10 year old's information to connect with my 10 year old. And I think this was like on day two and they were able to exchange like the kids chat ID numbers and we didn't see Ellie after that. So her and this other kid kind of became like BFFs on the trip That's uh, cool. and chatted with each other. Yeah. So, um, that was really, that was, I was pleasantly surprised at how well <laughs> that IT worked. Right. Yeah. I mean, because it doesn't normally. Right. Work that I mean, way. no, it still would like log you out and glitch and stuff. But, um, you know, for the most part, especially because I didn't pay for the chat feature. Um, yeah. It was nice. I, I really appreciated that option. And it felt much easier to keep in contact, even with us as a group. Like, I think on the first day, Eric made like a group chat of all of us. So the four adults in our travel group had like a kind of a chat space, you know, Hey, I'm here. Where are you at? Kind of thing. Um, right. Instead of trying to figure out exactly what time to meet where. Yeah. yeah. But it was nice. Yeah. It was a, we, 
we had a great time. Um, I really wish that I had the money and free time to go again this fall um, yeah. or or next spring. Week. But <laughs> ne- I mean, next week would be nice. Um, I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, my, my dream cruise, which I know, like, not everybody would be down with this, but I would love to do one of the uh, transatlantic cruises where you get like 10 sea days in a row and then you hit some ports like as you get close to your, as, as you get close to Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd but, do it in a uh, heartbeat. Yeah. That, that, that would be my go-to and just like multiple sea days on the ship. Sea days are my favorite days, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, I've actually seen articles of people that when they retire and like they get to that age where they need some care, I've seen people book cruises for like years at a time because it's less expensive than like a nursing home or home health care and stuff. Like they can go live on a cruise ship and get food provided and housekeeping. They don't have to deal with insurance and all that stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. Yeah. I need we to met think about somebody that. like that on this cruise. Yeah. This yeah was, really? What was it? Her 92nd or her 93rd trip on the fantasy alone. Oh my goodness. But she didn't have anybody. She was traveling all alone. The staff all knew her. She went to the bar and ordered a drink and the bartender knew her. And she's like, just add it to my tab. And he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like life goals, life goals. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I have the Disney Cruise app, but obviously it hasn't done much for me. But right now it's just a countdown. Yeah. So I'm curious to to see how that works when I'm on board. Yeah. When you're you're not on the ship, it just gives you your countdown. And then once your reservation window opens up, you can reserve your your activities and shore excursions through it. Yeah. But... uh, it, it, it is a whole nother world once you get on board the ship. I believe it. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Well, I just, Eric, thank you so much for doing this. I know. Yeah, uh, thank you. It, yeah, we, absolutely. We stretched it into two long episodes. <laughs> There's a <laughs> yes. lot to talk Very about. Long I mean, it's, we appreciate it. I, it. I, I think it would be hard to do the cruise justice in like an hour or less. So, yeah. 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 So, well, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. I guess we, we could finish with our tip of the week. Sure. Uh, which is something I've noticed over my time of cruising is to book your cruise early. Um, you know, since ships only have so many rooms, as rooms sail, the remaining rooms go up in price. So the sooner mm-hmm. you book when a cruise is announced, that's when you're going to get the best price. You're not going to really holding out for a sale when it comes to cruising, isn't really, um, isn't really like a great way to go about it. So I would just yeah. say if something catches your eye, go ahead and, and put that deposit down so you can lock it in at that price. Yeah, and I would say that's especially true of Disney cruises because they're in enough demand that, mm-hmm. you know, like some cruises, as you get close to the sailing date, if they have vacancies, they'll drop the prices a little bit and yeah. To the best of my knowledge, Disney has never done that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Yep. And if they do drop the price, it'll be the people checking in who get upgraded. It's not usually a new purchase. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Good call. Um, So don't forget, you know, Rob and I are very active on Instagram and Facebook. Head over. You can find us at Gone Again Podcast. Our personal Facebook and Instagram accounts are linked to that. Give us a follow. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done already. And we would love to, you know, to see you on the gram or the Facebook. Yeah. So as Walt Disney said, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So let us know if you need help planning your next trip or your next cruise, and we will help you out. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Eric. You're yes, very thank welcome. You, Eric. Thank you.